Have you ever wondered how you can get your man to be more vulnerable with you? Also, if you even want to date a high-performing man, what it's like to date a high-performing man? Well, on today's episode, we go into just that. I got to interview Jordan. Jordan is incredible. I think you guys are going to really love this episode. With over 100 million views and thousands of individual success stories, Master Coach Jordan is a proven global ambassador for men who need to reclaim their masculine power by unleashing full potency in all areas of their life. A former semi-pro athlete, speaker, and performance coach, Jordan is the driving force behind the path, a worldwide movement that elevates consciousness, purpose, and outcomes for men. In this episode, we go into so many juicy things. Definitely going to want to share this one with your friends. We go into how to get your man to open up to you, how to decide if you even want to date a high-performing man if you're single what it's like to date a high-performing man, how to stop mothering in a relationship, and so much more. So excited you guys are here. My name is Sophia. Welcome to the shit show of my 20s. My goal is to make your 20s a little less of a shit show. And without any further ado, let's get started. Thank you so much, Jordan, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. I love to start. So tell me about like your 20s. And then I want like one defying shit show moment that was like a huge growth opportunity for you as well. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, Sophia. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure to, to connect and meet someone new. Now, it's a great question. Damn, shit show of my 20s. Defining, mo- I've had so many defining moments, obviously, as we all do. But I think for me, honestly, like the end of my first relationship when I was like 20, really signified a a big moment for me. It was a really difficult breakup. And then after that relationship ended, I traveled to Europe and it really was the beginning of like my personal development journey, to be honest. So heartbreak is usually a big teacher and uh, it was the case for me. Uh, at 20 years old. Well, it was heartbreak for me was what got me into personal development. So I'm curious, like for how many people can we all say the same thing of like heartbreak is like exactly what gets us into working on these like uncomfortable parts of ourselves and starting to grow. And I'm curious for you. So from there, like, how'd you get into the work that you're doing now? Because the work you're doing now is so cool. It's so niche. Like I'm wondering what kind of evolved for you to say like, this is my thing that I really want to be able to bring to the world. I feel like it's continuously evolving. I feel like your early 20s, you don't really know what that thing is. And, and that's okay. Like there was a part of me that felt really lost for a little period of time. I was working as an accountant. I, I graduated with a degree in business and finance and just realized that wasn't for me. That wasn't my path. And then I was like, well, what is? Like, I don't know what it is that I'm here to do or express. The minute you just like go in pursuit of something that feels more in alignment, that's when you begin to like clarify, okay, what is it that I've been put on this planet to do? And I do believe as souls, we are brought down to earth for specific reasons, for specific lessons that we're here to learn. And those lessons can show up in many ways, like either through a business, through a relationship or whatever. But for me, I just had this like real calling to want to impact. Like I I knew I had more in me and I wanted to just be of service to other people. And at the time, I was just like learning all kinds of things. As we all do in personal development, you read all the books, you listen to all the podcasts. And I just felt compelled to want to share. That was just something that came out of me. Just like, I just want to share what I'm learning. You know, start off as a blog, start off as me going to social media like seven years ago and then just sharing with no real plan, like no plan that I was going to be a coach 
it was just a natural evolution of what happened when I just followed my calling, followed what felt expansive at the time. And yeah, this, this journey has brought me to the point now where I get to work with men mainly, but I've started off just coaching women, to be honest, as mainly women that I was coaching, but it all came out of just me choosing to live like my best life. And that is the, the greatest teacher, in my opinion. I love that. And I'm curious about that transition from like going from females to men, like what drew you towards men? What was like the differences of coaching like women versus men that you kind of experienced? Yeah, that's a great question because there, there is a big difference. Natural, I just got, it wasn't me who decided that like, hey, I want to work with men. Well, I did to some degree, but it was more of God or life or spirit it was like, okay, you need to now start focusing on men. And that's just what started happening. More men started coming to me. And I was like, okay, cool. There's a gap here. More men need this kind of support and I'm just going to niche down for a little bit and focus on men. But at the start, coaching women became, it was very natural for me because I have like a bit of a softer energy. Most women, a lot of women that I coached didn't, were never exposed to a man who could make her feel safe in going into some of her emotions that maybe she was holding on to some of the traumas from her past. Uh, so just through me kind of listening and asking questions and being present around them, I found that they were able to open up around me and, and let things go that they'd maybe been holding on to. Uh, so that masculine presence is something that I seen that a lot of women just lacked, which is kind of heartbreaking, to be honest. Like, I, it really hurts my heart when I see women stuck in toxic relationships or, or you know, just suppressed. Yeah, so that was my work for, for a while. And then as I so as you can tell, the, the work with women is more on the emotional level. It's more just like being able to support her and just like going back into her body, listening, not trying to fix or give her solutions to problems, just like let her express what's down there and let her body just, you know, move through those layers. But then when I w started working with men, it was different, right? I, I found that I couldn't just on the first call, get them into their body and, and like get them to release like this trauma and these emotions and the sadness. It was like, they're a lot more in their head. So men, I had to come at it from a different angle. I had to come at it through the head first, which is the, the rational, the logic, help them understand certain things. Because that's how I work as well. I like to understand things in my mind. And then I go, okay, sweet, that makes sense. I can just drop down into my body. I get it now. So it was more mentoring at the start. And then I can, once they start to feel comfortable and safe around me, I then take them into, into their body as well. But as you can tell, a lot of the work is in the body. It's all body-based. And then once we process the emotional energetic layers, then you can go back into the head and be like, what's the strategy? What's the plan? What's the mindset? But none of that works until you've moved through the somatics and the, the emotional layers. And why do you think that is that men, you guys go to the brain, the analytical side first? Because men, men like to, to, to be in control. And the illusion of control is, is to be in the head. To, to, to plan things out, to constantly be analyzing, assessing your environment. Obviously, some women like get stuck in this habit as well. It's like the the unhealthy masculine where you're, you're constantly just in your head trying to like always be on guard, always looking out for like what, what to do next. And it's a, it's a fear of like letting go. It's a fear of surrendering, a fear of just trusting because a lot of men never were allowed to feel safe in their emotional expression. There's a lot of like um, beliefs or labels around it's weak to be in your emotions. It's weak to feel so most men just boop, shut that shut that off and just live life from the, the the mind of just like just get on with it just get stuff done just just be strong so there's that there's like the the cultural conditioning of like to feel it means you're you're soft and and feminine but what i found is like being soft and feminine makes you immensely powerful and it's learning how to be in that place without not getting stuck in your emotions, but it's learning how to feel through your emotions and arriving at a place of like deep peace and stillness within yourself that 
allows you to become immensely powerful because things don't affect you as much. Uh, and that that's what I find to be the work. A man that's stuck in his head is is usually quite reactive, is usually quite unstable, and is usually quite afraid. And it's the illusion of strength that he creates by being in his mind and creating all these little protective strategies, whether it be make lots of money or, you know, be the ladies man or whatever that may be. But deep down, he's just insecure. Hmm. So many places I want to go from that answer. So <laughs> how, how are you able to get men to like, go and reconnect with their emotions? Because I feel like so much is suppressed so much is like, you can't feel your emotions, you can't show emotion. Like, there's so many things you can't do as a man. How do you get them to start to like, be able to feel to be able to kind of recondition like that it's okay to feel different emotions yeah get them to that space i feel that a good place to start with a man is to help him understand like i said before they need to understand intellectually why why you need to feel emotions why feelings are the currency like you know it doesn't matter how much fucking money you have if you can't feel you're gonna be broke <laughs> so helping them understand that like the the deeper you feel the richer you are and as you start to go deeper into your emotional world, you're going to start to feel more connection, more love, presence, more freedom, more expression, more creativity. It's all down there. Everything you want is down there. Uh, so I help them kind of understand that. And then the next phase is is all about bringing more presence because you know the only place you need to feel is right now. And it's about just noticing all of the ways that they kind of disconnect or shut off from feeling, which are just patterns fear-based patterns. This is the same for women as well. It's fear-based patterns that are running in the background to protect us from feeling stuff that feels uncomfortable, heavier emotions such as shame and things like that. So it's then just like creating those conditions of safety to know that like it's safe to feel like you're not going to be judged. Doesn't mean you're failing. Doesn't mean you're unworthy. Like it's, it's safe to feel these emotions. And once you start to practice that, it becomes less and less scary the more you do it until you can get to the point where that's all you want to do. <laughs> I now rarely drink alcohol. I rarely do things that cut me off from feeling because that's taking me further away from who I want to be as an individual. It takes me further away from living a life of fulfillment and joy because nothing external can really give you anything that you don't already have. It's all here. Uh, so yeah, that's the main kind of like pathway that I provide for men is just like simplify everything. Cut, cut away all the things that are disconnecting you from your body and then learn to be okay with like whatever's whatever's coming up when you just stop for a moment i love that you said feelings is the currency never heard that before mm -hmm. yeah mm. and then like as like a partner is there anything that you could do if your man is like shut off to different emotions something happens doesn't want to talk about it goes into his brain doesn't really go and process it is there anything you can do as a partner in that scenario mm. Yeah, you just try to keep supporting him the best that you, that you can without without like mothering him too much, without saying, hey, you should go and do this or you should go and try this or like, hey, do you want to like, you know, you try telling him what to do rather than just saying like, I'm here, I'm here, like, I see you, I'm here. And like, whenever you want to talk, I'm here, I got you. Because he doesn't feel safe again, but uh, as a woman, you guys are the best reflectors of emotion. Like you guys can reflect to him how he's potentially showing up by just saying, Hey, like, sweetheart, like I'm noticing that, you know, you're, you're in your head a lot and I'm feeling really disconnected from you. Like, I really want to support you, but like, I, you need to let me in. It could just be said like that, or it could the way it's said just to help him like, like snap out of it for a moment. Cause like a lot of these high achieving men, right. We're just so in our heads, like grinding, working because we think we need to provide or achieve this certain level of success to, to then finally think we're worthy of love. But no, like, 
you're worthy now. And sometimes like a strong, powerful woman who can just reflect that to him to snap him out of the trance of thinking he needs to get to the future, may help him go, oh shit, I'm actually pushing the people that I care about away. And that is immensely valuable for me when I'm with my girlfriend. It's like, just, just keep giving me honest reflections. Like if, you, if, I'm, if I'm lost in the unconsciousness of what I'm doing, just, just snap me out of it. That's what's been helpful for me. But I know that's easier said than done because men are at different stages in their journey and some may not be ready to, to do that. But yeah, that's, I hope that answers your question. It does. And I kind of want to touch deeper into mothering because sometimes it's so easy to do. <laughs> your relationships are so easy to do, like just kind yeah. of go into that state. What are like the potential things that can happen if you mother too much? Like, how do you, how can you like be able to like recognize, okay, I'm mothering. Okay, I need to get out of this. This is not where I should be. And like, mm-hmm. if you continue to do that, how can that affect your relationship negatively? Mm-hmm. Well, for most men who were mothered by a mother who wasn't emotionally mature or a mother who wasn't able to see him emotionally, he would have felt very misunderstood by his mother. And because of that, he probably resented his mother to some degree. Not all men, some men with a, with, with one, mother wounds, especially. So he, he feels a lot of resentment towards his mom because she wasn't able to actually be the mother that he needed. Now, what ends up happening, he ends up attracting a woman into his life, a romantic partner who resembles very similar ways of being as his mother, his, his biological mother, because that's God or life's way of trying to say, hey, this is us trying to process this suppressed pain from your past. This is the mother wound that you get to work through. And now you're going to attract the perfect relationship for that to happen. So it's on his end, it's like having the awareness of that. Like, hey, if she's triggering you by telling you what to do, that's your opportunity to work through these wounds. But then as on the on the woman's end, it's like just catching that. Like when you want to tell him what to do, that's actually, he's going to probably do the opposite. He's going to shut down. And if what you're saying, if he's not responding to what you're saying, try a different approach. Like if he's not opening up to you, it's probably how you're saying it is off. Uh, and just try a different approach, even though it's it can be difficult if your man isn't showing up the way that you want. You've got to come at it from a different angle because just like going, hey, clean things up. Like, why are you always fucking leaving shit everywhere? Like that that just makes a man go like, fuck you. Like, I'm not going to do that. Like, it just makes you want to do the opposite. So it's tough because you have to go first. Whoever's listening to this is usually probably the more conscious one in the relationship. So it's up to you to go first in love and just be like, you know what? I'm going to try a different angle. Like he's maybe had a really long day. Maybe he doesn't realize what he's doing is actually impacting the relationship. Just bring his awareness to it lovingly, lovingly, as if like that was a little boy back there that just needed someone to just like give him some reassurance that he's he's, he's doing a good job. That's mostly all, all that men need to hear. You're doing a good job. I see you. And on the opposite end, if he has a father wound, what sort of relationship is he going to go towards? Yeah, so that that will be reflective of his relationship with men. So the men that he attracts into his life are going to probably do the same thing. They're going to probably like trigger this feeling of like inadequacy, not being enough, feeling like he needs to prove himself. At least for me, what ended up happening was like I would attract coaches. I used to play semi-professional soccer. In my business career, like as an accountant, I would attract bosses. When I left that, I just kept attracting figures that were authoritative figures who would make me feel less than, who would trigger this like father wound of like shame that was back there. And then the feeling of like I needed to prove something to them. So you'll just start to see in the man's life, with, if he has a father room, he will start attracting these these kind of authoritative figures because, again, that's life trying to reveal, okay, hey, there's this inner child down here that just wants his dad's love 
but realistically he just wants your love like when you begin the healing journey it just wants he just wants to be seen by you and then as you start to process more of that you realize that like i don't need to prove shit i'm good and then all of a sudden your relationship with men a man's relationship with men goes to a whole new level because now his heart's open now he doesn't have anything to prove and now he just starts to attract other men who are on that same frequency. He starts to attract soul brothers, what I call it. I just started attracting guys that I'd met for like a week. And I'm like, man, you're like my best friend. Holy shit. And a lot of men struggle with that. They just don't know how to connect with new guys, new male friends, or they lone wolf everything. All signs of, of the father wound, right? And I'm curious for you, why did you like niche down specifically on like these high achieving men? And like, what sort of things do you notice is the common themes between the men that you work with? Well, firstly, because that's my own experience. I'm sharing my own like personal struggles and, and what I've learned from like being really, you know, driven, being wanting to grow a business, wanting to like live an optimal life, but then encountering these, these challenges on the other side, which is like, okay, like, how do I still maintain my presence and my potency around my, my girlfriend and the people that I care about? And I have like some sort of balance here. I'm not burning myself out constantly because that's what was happening. I was just go, 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 go. And then like, just being so depleted and burnt out that like, I couldn't enjoy being around people. And a lot of high achievers struggle with that. And that's the tendency like the the coping mechanism is achieve so that I don't have to feel you know the coping mechanism is if I just work really hard I will get to the point where I achieve so much out there I'll then be able to prove to this imaginary father figure that I'm worthy of his love but it's it's a loop it's a trap you never actually get there you just need more money you just need a bigger house you like we, we all know these stories so it's like if if the entrepreneur or the high achiever isn't aware of this background loop and story that's going on he will be like burning himself to the ground working 12 hour days from a place of fear from a place of like i need to get this done i can't let people down i need to prove that i'm capable and that's what creates the the disconnect that's what creates the man that's in his head not not able to be present not able to create intimacy and the content is trying to bring light to that so that the man can go oh shit you know what i can just slow down and access a level of love within myself while, and then channel that into my work and actually achieve way more with way less effort while also still being able to be deeply present and intimate in my relationships. Like you can have it all. <laughs> this is what I'm trying to like impart. Like you can grow big businesses and be successful and it doesn't have to burn you out. You can still have amazing relationships and you can still have fun and play and life can be a dance. But you have to catch those fear-based patterns that are running first. You have to notice them, see them, and interrupt them. And is it a lot of these things, I guess, in a way, transferable to women, like high-achieving women? Yes. Are, yeah. Definitely. Okay. The, the, the pattern is the same. The, it's a protection layer. The survival mechanism is the same. Like, achieve, prove, prove myself so that I don't have to feel the shame that's back there, essentially. So usually, the high-achiever is someone or the driven individual is someone who had a very strict intense father figure who made him or her feel like she was inadequate made him or her feel like they weren't worthy of receiving dad's love and they had to perform they had to be the best soccer player they had to get straight a's they had to like whatever the thing um and ever like you know we all if we if you experience that then you probably have this like it's a mask that you can put on and if this is this is the beauty of it when you do this work is it's a gift at the same time because you are you get shit done you impact you, you you can channel an immense amount of energy but if you don't learn how to take the mask off that 
gift will turn into a curse because you just feel constantly burnt out. You'll feel like you're never just, you can never relax. You'll just feel like this voice in your head that's always telling you do more and you feel guilty for chilling out. So once you can learn to take the mask off, it's a gift because you can put it on and be like, I'm going to achieve this thing and I'm going to do it from a place of flow instead of force. And uh, life is much, much more enjoyable when you can do that. Yeah. It'd be nice to have a mask that you could put on and off. Versus having that mask be there all the time. Yeah, it's just stuck there. Yeah. (laughs) So for like high achieving men, what are kind of like the common issues they have when it comes to a relationship? They can struggle with intimacy. They struggle to really be able to listen. Like they think they're listening, but they're not really listening to what their, their partner is feeling deep down. He can't see her on an emotional level. He can't see the emotional needs behind complaints or criticisms that might be going on in his life. He may feel like that, relationships are just like just plateau like there is like a depth of connection that you can create with someone that never plateaus and i've experienced it in my relationship where every day i'm just like it's just another adventure it's fun it's great we never like we haven't lost attraction towards each other we still feel more attracted towards each, each other that's should be the norm to be honest until life life or god decides okay it's time for you guys to go in different directions if that's the case but if you're living a life of attentiveness and presence then polarity can always be there which is the attraction but what happens is the man gets lost in the doing and becomes energetically imbalanced and may start to feel less attraction towards his partner and then he starts to question oh it's it's the relationship maybe this isn't the one i need to change this then he like either cheats on her or something happens and then he goes to the next one the, the cycle just repeats itself because it's it's him not being able to maintain his natural balance within himself constantly imbalanced too much masculine too much yang too much heat all of that and then the woman thinks it's something wrong with her she, she and it can it can create it really it's like if you just keep working on coming back to presence most relationship breakdowns will start to heal themselves you know people give up way too early on relationships in my opinion but yeah for the man, it's it's definitely just struggling with intimacy. Maybe not getting like his his needs met either. Because like if he can't emotionally be there for his partner, she's not gonna want to you know unlock that king energy with him. That's that's kind of what happens. Is like when the man can really help his partner unlock the freedom of her expression. The reward of that is he gets access to a whole new level of power in terms of how he feels. Like the king, the king can only be unlocked through the queen and vice versa (laughs) as trippy that is (laughs) it's like men need women just as much as women need men yeah i like it the king energy and the queen energy um i want you to go deeper into like plateauing in relationships like how do you know your relationship has plateaued what do you do if it's plateaued how do you know if it's something you can fix or something that like is just kind of maybe it's time for you guys to to go your different ways Mm. if you're not having sex regularly if you're not having fun with your partner on a regular basis, if you're not creating special moments of intimacy, if you're not having those those date nights regularly, if you stop having fun, simple as that, honestly. And if you're just coexisting, you're just living together and you're just, you've got a roommate, essentially, it's time to just like pause for a second and be like, is this what I really want? Is this what we signed up for? Are we okay with this? Are we okay with this? Like, is this something that I'm going to settle for for the rest of my life? And if it's not, then you've got to have an honest conversation with yourself and with your partner to be like, what needs to change here? Because I like, I want more. Like, I want like all the, everything, all the the things that a relationship can offer. I want, I want all of it. And 
then you get to have or get clear on like what what is it that you won't compromise on anymore what is it that you won't tolerate in your relationship and then you just work together because you're a fucking team at the end of the day you work together at supporting each other to try and show up in this new version of yourself that you've just kind of like declared and get support outside if you need to get support from someone else like a coach a therapist or whatever to, to make sure that you stay on track with this new kind of way of being that you're trying to create that helps for sure but try at least try your best. If that's something that you want and you want it to work with this individual, give it a try and confidently say, I tried my best. And if they don't show up to the party or it doesn't work and you go, you know, I, I, I gave it a crack, then you, at least you know, at least you know, cool. All right. It wasn't meant to be, but I, I, I tried. A lot, of, a lot of people just like will leave the relationship without actually trying to change themselves. And then when I won't actually have a conversation with them and saying, hey, this is, this is what I need from you. So I'm always like, yeah, don't don't leave the relationship early. Give, give it a crack. Why do you think that is that people don't want to try in their relationship and they kind of run away from it versus like maybe bringing the issues, trying to fix them? Why do you think that pattern happens? Because mm, that's the easy way. It's easy to just do that. Easy to walk away and be like, all right, fuck, this isn't it. Start afresh, find someone else. The hard way is like confront all your shit, confront all the stuff that you don't want to look at, that this person is bringing up. Face it, feel it. And then have a difficult conversation, like sit down, just converse. Oh my gosh, people just don't know how to communicate most of the time. It's not their fault. It's because they're so energetically blocked that like what what they say doesn't match up with what they feel. And that just creates conflict and misunderstandings and all of that, right? So like clear communication comes first from clear feeling, clear processing and then what you say starts to align with what's actually going on inside of you. And then someone can actually feel like they're connecting with you because you're being authentic. You're being truthful. You know, there's so many words that people throw around like, oh, you're disrespecting me or abandoning me. That's, they're not feelings. That's you creating an evaluation or judgment. If you said, hey, like, I feel really hurt. I'm feeling really hurt. I'm feeling really disconnected or disheartened about what you're doing. All of a sudden, you're saying something from a place of truth, not an evaluation. And that brings someone in. It doesn't push them away. So, yeah, fuck, I can't remember your question now. I think no, I, hope I, I hope it. answered it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks. What do you mean? Relationships aren't supposed to be easy? Like, this is easy thing to walk into. No conflict. I know, right? <laughs> Everyone thinks it's an easy ticket. That's why relationships and business for men, in my opinion, are the two biggest growth catalysts. Start a business, get in a relationship. They're the two things that will accelerate your, your personal development and spiritual evolution the fastest. I wanted to like, I loved how you said evaluations versus feelings. Because sometimes it's easy to think our evaluation is our feelings, mm. but maybe it's not. And I, I guess, how are you more cognizant of like, okay, this is an evaluation versus a feeling? And like, are you doing, are you like taking a pause before you go and bring this to your partner? What's kind of like your process when something happens? Yeah, it's a really good question, again, because this is this is the juice. Like, if you can do this well, then everything in your relationship can become easier. And again, it goes back to, like, clarify yourself. Before you start speaking shit out of your mouth, make sure that it's clear and what you're saying is actually true. And that goes down to, okay, if you're feeling abandoned right now, where where do you feel that in your body? Can you locate that? And I can guarantee you most people can't because it's not a feeling. It's a story. So, okay. Okay. So if you go, if you, if you do think you're feeling abandoned or disrespected right now, just let's just go into like, okay, what, what, what comes up in your body when you think about someone abandoning you? 
And then, and then you stop and just like tune in and, and feel and listen. You're like, well, my chest starts to collapse a little bit. I feel this like feeling in my solar plexus that like someone's just like ripped my heart out. Okay, cool. And how would you describe that? It's like heavy, it's weighted, I feel closed off. Okay, now we're getting into the realm of feeling. Would you say it's like, it, does it hurt? Yeah, a little bit. I feel like really hurt by that. Cool, that's a feeling. That's something that's actually true that you can locate in your body. So as soon as you match up a word with a, an, a, an energy, because that's what feelings are, they're just energy vibrating at different frequencies. And when you can, we've created words which are called emotions that we uh, use to describe energies. So when you use the right word that represents what you feel from an energy standpoint, all of a sudden you're now speaking from truth. You know, your truth, meaning like, what do you feel right now? <laughs> so we must like refine what, what, if you're using a word to describe a feeling, but that word isn't a feeling, you're not speaking from truth. If you look it up, abandonment isn't, isn't a feeling. Disrespected isn't a feeling. Just some examples, right? So clarify the feeling first and really sit with like, what is a great app that I use and prescribe to a lot of my clients is called um, How We Feel. Uh, it's a free app. It's an amazing app. It's a non-for-profit I don't have any affiliation with them. That app will help you clarify, what am I actually feeling right now? You check in, you do like daily check-ins, be like, what, what is the current emotional state that I'm experiencing? And all these different emotional words will come up. So you expand your vocabulary around your emotional experience. And then when you go into a conversation, then you can say, hey, this, you said this before, you state a fact, you state observation, you say, this is what happened before. And this is what I felt. I noticed this feeling come up inside of me. Can we have a conversation about it? Or can I just like tell you a little bit more about what I feel like I need from you in these situations? The, if you engage in conversations like that, it pulls people in instead of pushing them away. It just creates intimacy because you're coming from a place of authenticity. You're coming from a place of like, hey, I'm not projecting my shit onto you. I've just noticed something that's come up in me and I've dealt with the emotion. I've dealt with it. I've processed it. I'm not coming at this from a place of like, I'm activated, I'm triggered, and I need to like take it out on you. I want to process, I want to address this so that it doesn't happen again. Or I want to get your support so that we can find an agreement here. So that's like kind of how I would approach those kinds of situations because you're going to get triggered in a relationship. There's no doubt about it. But like how you respond really determines whether the relationship is going to be successful or not. Well, that app as well, it's so helpful to figure out what are you feeling every day? Because mm -hmm. sometimes we just kind of like go through our days not thinking about it. Just yeah. Kind of run to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. So this is kind of like a different thing that I'm thinking about. So let's say a woman, she like has this idea. She really wants to date a high achieving man. This man's not in the picture yet. She's trying to call this guy in. What do you think would be a good process to prepare her for what that relationship's going to be like? Let's say if she's never dated like a high achieving man before. Hmm. Well, it depends why she wants to date a high achieving man to start off with. Maybe I would be like status. Okay. It looks good. Or maybe because like she's had men in the past who haven't achieved and she's kind of tired of men who aren't achieving or like, like falling through on what they say they're going to accomplish. I don't know, something like that. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. So I would ensure that she gets clear on like why she wants to date a high achieving man. And if it is for status, then I would start there and be like, okay, let's address that because that's a recipe for failure and get clear on like what not don't date someone for their status. Don't date someone for what they do. Date them for who they are and get clear on what kind of man do you want to have? What kind of man do you want to be around? What kind of character traits do you want him to embody? How do you want to feel around this man? That I think that's a, a really good one to start with. How do you want to feel around him? Do you want to feel safe, free, relaxed? I'm going to be sharing a video soon about signs of a mature man. And one of the signs is life should feel like an exhale around him. 
as a woman, you should be able to go, okay, I can relax. I, I don't have to wear this mask of like, I got to keep my shit together. I can just be me. And he may not need to be a high achieving man for him to do that. And you will be way more nourished by having a man like that. Even if he makes maybe slightly less money, you're going to feel way more nourished. But chances are, if a man can do that for you, he's going to be very successful and he's going to be very um, aware and mature and dialed in. And the men on the planet right now who have this level of awareness and maturity, they're going to be successful. They are successful because there's not too many of them. It's a, they're a small category of men, but God is on their side and you will always be taken care of when you attract a man like that. But you have to start to unlock it within yourself first. You have to become an energetic match to that first. So it's refined. If you're looking for something on the surface to compensate for something that you feel like you don't have, then start there because you, you'll attract a man that won't be able to see you and won't be there for you because you're not there for yourself. You're not seeing yourself. And what are some other signs of a mature man? He creates moments of intimacy. Like he will actually create them. It could be, it doesn't have to be anything, like anything special, but he will just like go out of his way to create little micro moments of intimacy because his presence alone will, the woman will have no option but to feel intimate around him because he's got a deep level of presence. The communication part is another one. He's able to like communicate clearly, authentically. Um, he's able to, he's able to like not tolerate things like that are out of alignment. Like meaning he doesn't people please. He doesn't like pretend like things are okay when they're not. He, he will like be honest and transparent. I said something the other day on social media around like men should be careful being vulnerable around their woman all the time. And people ask me, well, like, what word would you want to use? Because the vulnerability, vulnerability, the definition of vulnerability is like you're you're, exposed, you're you're being weak. You're you're essentially prone to attack. It's not like the best posture to be in all the, all the time when you're around your partner. Because how do you think your partner feels if a man's always being vulnerable to her and she's like, oh fuck, this guy's like, doesn't got his shit together, man. But a man should be like open, honest, transparent, clear, truthful, and be able to to be self led. Like meaning he, he says like, Hey, I've had this thing come up for me. I'm going to address it. I'm going to take care of it. I'm feeling super anxious and worried right now, but like, I'm going to meet with my men's group this afternoon. And I'm going to just process some of these emotions and get back out there and, and, and take care of things. Like the woman just, again, feels like, Oh, okay, sweet. I don't have to like coddle him. I don't have to make sure that like he's, he's okay. He's, he can handle things. Yeah. I hope that answers the question. Yeah. Now I'm imagining all the women asking, where do I find this man? <laughs> so that's naturally. What's the oh, they're coming through. Trust me. I run, I run men's programs. We have like, we have some absolute studs coming through like young leaders of men from all different ages doing this work. And I'm like, there are there, they're coming, they're coming and they're coming through. And I, I do really envision creating events or opportunities where I can bring all the amazing women that I've, you know, attracted and been around to with all some of these amazing men that I've, got the blessing of being able to support and she's like you guys just just meet each other just like be around each other so that you can be reassured that there are good humans doing this work out there and there is not a scarcity there, there is there is abundance hmm. that'd be really cool mm -hmm. i'm sure some great couples would come out of that <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's, it's, a, it's a plan i think in the next few years i think we'll I'll, I'll do something like that. That's cool. And I kind of want to go back to polarity. So what are some ways that you're like work on polarity within your relationship? Mm -hmm. Look at where maybe the attraction is, is fading. If you are noticing that the attraction is off, the polarity really starts like with, with the individual first, which is like, where are you out of balance in your own life? You know, where, where are you at a deficiency? Because that will 
take you away from your natural place of where you're meant to reside energetically. Like some people are naturally more masculine. Some people are naturally more feminine. Some men have a lot of feminine energy in them, right? It doesn't, like, it doesn't mean it's right or wrong. It's just we all have different propensities. We all have different set points and there's nuances to it. But like when you reside in your authentic nature, meaning you listen to your body, you make decisions from your body around what feels most true, most aligned, then you're going to like sit at like, okay, I'm at, I'm at a place of like, this is my charge. This is my electromagnetic charge. And then your partner is doing the best to make sure that she rests in her place of natural electromagnetic charge. And then the attraction was there from, from the start. You had an attraction towards this person because they, they like offset the charges. Like they had elements of masculine that balanced out your feminine and, and vice versa. So there was, there's, there's like this magnetic charge that's created through two individuals coming together based on where they naturally reside within themselves. And then if, you lo- if you're losing that attraction, it's because, probably because you're losing yourself a little bit. So it's like, how can you bring yourself back to your natural balance? And then same as everything we've spoken about already, is like, how do you initiate conversations? How do you support your partner and coming back into her balance? If your woman is too in, t- trying to do too much, too in her masculine, too in her head, then she's going to lose that feminine nurturing quality that is very attractive to a man. So it's like catching a lot of these things. Uh, and then and then bringing it back. Um, but there are certain things that a man can do that will always like create attraction, create polarity, you know, being a leader, being a strong leader, being a man who can really step up when times get tough and face his fears and just like stand in the face of discomfort. You know, that's, that's a man that's going to unlock an immense amount of like confidence and power within himself. That's attractive. That's attractive to a woman, right? So there's, there's things that men can do to really, you know, evoke you know, polarity. There's things that women can do that will evoke polarity. And the woman that's in her fullest expression, woman who's able to be in her body and be deeply nurturing, but also be strong, to also be able to, you know, see things like she's like the oracle. Can she see emotions that he he can't see himself? You know, what I found in my relationship is like my girlfriend knows me better than I know myself most of the time. She can have a she she helps me make decisions that I can't make because I'm sometimes too operating in this world and she's down operating in the the felt sense world and she goes i wouldn't do that or i like i to know right now on this decision i'm like okay cool like thanks but it's probably taking me a couple of days to figure that out but she just like could feel it so that's the blessing of having a, a relationship or a woman in your life that can really be tuned in and, and and feels connected you feel connected with her and what's the biggest lesson you learned from your girlfriend have more fun just play have fun Life doesn't have to be so serious. And you made a video that I was curious about. You were saying why a lot of relationships fail. I'm curious if you could touch on some of those points of why they fail. Mm-hmm. The communication part, obviously, is a big theme with this conversation, but communication is huge. If you're not able to communicate clearly in your relationship, then you're going to just drift apart naturally. Naturally, it's, it's inevitable. Not creating memories together. Not like actively going out of your way to create special moments and those special moments don't have to be like, you know, really fancy. They could just be really like special moments you create in the week, you know, instead of like just saying, oh, we're just going to do a regular thing this Wednesday night. We're just going to just chill at home, do the regular thing. Well, let's, let's create something special. Let's, let's go somewhere that we're going to rem- remember this night, you know, and then a good relationship is one where you have all of these amazing memories that you've created together that builds this like really solid rock and foundation. When times get tough, you're not going to throw that relationship away if you've just created some special moments in your life with that in person. So that's important. That's key. And another reason why relationships fail, I can't even remember what I said in the video, but I think another reason would probably be you're not able to support them in terms of like 
help them regulate their nervous system, which is the, the part that we've been talking about before, which is like the more conscious one in the relationship usually has the responsibility to lend their nervous system when times get tough or that other person is stressed or overwhelmed. And that's where it's like, it's like, Hey, I'm here. We're good. Like just, we can take a breath. We can, we can be, everything's going to be okay. We're going to get through it and, and not falling into that patterns of like those attachment patterns of like pulling away or latching on or, you know, bailing or just like, you know, pretending like you don't care, like all that kind of shit, which is like all the childhood stuff playing out. It's like just being there as a rock, just keep showing up even when it's hard uh, is key, is key for, for sustainability in relationships. I have a couple final questions for you. So one, is there anything you didn't mention about relationships that you feel is big and you want to mention? That they're not here to make us happy. They're here to help us evolve. They're here to shine a light on shit that you can't see. So let go of thinking that your relationship is there to serve your surface level needs of like, oh, he's meant to make me feel special and amazing and fulfilled all the time. And I know we, we spoke about that earlier, is just identify what you want to feel around your partner, but you've got to create those feelings first within yourself so that you're not depending on them to help you feel. Because if you depend on anything outside of you to feel emotions that you value, you're set up for failure because life isn't like that. Life, life, life is unpredictable. Life is, is fragile. Life is temporary. Life is impermanent. So find that stability within yourself first. And then it, remember when your relationship gets tough and you get triggered, go, oh yeah, that's what I signed up for. That's the whole point of this. Doesn't mean it's failing. Doesn't mean they're wrong. Doesn't mean I'm wrong. It's like, cool, another opportunity for me to see and love more parts of myself that I've maybe ignored or suppressed or judged. That's it. Simple. And how does someone know they're ready to get into a relationship again? When you no longer need a relationship. When you're like, I'm just having fun and living my life and this is awesome. And I'm going to go and travel to Greece and I'm just going to hang out. Or I'm going to go just like sit at the beach today and just enjoy this beautiful life I get to live. And then then you clock eyes with someone. You're like, oh, shit, she's cute. Cool. And then all of a sudden, maybe like you walk past her at like a restaurant and you just start talking to her. Or just you can't go out doing things planning things to try and create i'm gonna go out and find my man today i'm gonna go and find this i'm gonna go chat up some girls today because i want a relationship that's not it man you're not ready for a relationship if you're thinking like that just live your best life your relationship will come yeah and my final question for you is if you were to go back in time and talk to your 20 year old self is there anything you want to tell him or would you want to tell him nothing at all don't be so hard on yourself you're, you're doing an amazing job you're actually way way more powerful than what you give yourself credit for and just express yourself be free in your expression fuck what anyone else thinks just just be you yeah that's what he he needed back then but it was all perfect at the end of the day thank you so much for doing this thank you sophia it's been a a lot of fun this has been a great convo and i really hope whoever was listening got what they needed from from our chat today Definitely, definitely and where can we find you where can we connect with you online jordan canlish 01 on instagram and tiktok i think that's it on youtube as well uh facebook all the places i'm posting pretty consistently and yeah hit, hit me up send me a dm i'd love to connect thank you for listening to the shit show my 20s i love if you could take a minute to leave a review on apple it would mean the world to me and i will see you next time